Welcome to Shelter Cove Online. We are so glad that you're joining us today for this sermon. We hope and pray that this message encourages you, that you learn something, that you enjoy it. But more than that, we just pray that God would move in your life, that he would reveal some more of himself to you today. If you would like to respond to this message in any way, you can contact us at sheltercovelive.com. Have an amazing rest of your day. All right, have a seat. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Wow, it's great to be here. My name is Bob Irwin. I'm one of the pastors here and been here a few years, and I oversee our care ministry as well as uh, weddings, memorials, uh, counseling, and a few other ministries or seniors that uh, just love leading. And so it's a great honor to serve here. I love serving at Shelter Cove. And today I want to talk to you about, since it's the first of the year, how to put God first in 2023. How to put God first in 2023. Before I do that, some of you don't know me that well, so I want to introduce my family to you. And uh, this is my family. And uh, so my wife is Mavis, 38 years, my first wife, and 38 years, and uh, she's awesome. Mavis is a great name. That's Avis Rent-A-Car with an M. <laughs> Don't say Mertz. <laughs> Who gets it? Okay, good, okay. As long as a couple of you get it. Uh, uh, and so there's my son, Rob. He's 37. He surprised me last service. He was here. I didn't even know it. <laughs> Um, and then my daughter, Amy, she's 34 on the far right. And then my son, Jacob's in the middle, and that looks like Jesus, and he's not. And, uh, and he married Crystal, married way up. And then my granddaughter, Phoebe. So I want to show you a picture of Phoebe. She is so cute. I used to make fun of pastors when I was younger. They used to brag on their grandkids from the pulpit. And I'd go, what are they doing? Now I know. So she has been a lot of fun. We spent the last couple of days with her. It's been so much fun. All right, so let's talk about putting God first in 2023. Now I want to give you a bottom line. Been walking with the Lord since third grade. I've concluded something. I've got the bottom line for you. Some of you are bottom line people. Just give me the bottom line. Well, I'm going to give you the bottom line. This is it. Are you ready? This is profound. The bottom line to scripture to God is this. Drum roll is God wants his people to put him first. That's the bottom line. God wants his people to put him first. You go to the Old Testament, those Israelites were so flaky, they were so up and down, and God's mercy and love stuck with them. But all he wanted was put me first. There's a verse in the Old Testament and the New Testament says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Love the Lord your God. That's the heart of God. And so in your notes, uh, we begin by introducing the idea of put God first in your heart and actions or practice. Put God first in your heart. I pray all of you are believers and God is in your life. And if you're not, what better way than to begin 2023 by saying, I am now a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus. So from the beginning of the Bible to the end, God wants his people to put him first. I want to use our text today is uh, Matthew 6.33. It's found in the Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus himself. 
And in the middle of this sermon, he says something so profound in Matthew 6, 33. I'm gonna read it for you, and then we're gonna see the context of it on the screen, all right? Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, something will occupy your life as first place. Every single one of you, something is going to occupy your life. Now, let's look at the context. 6, 31 through 33 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles or unbelievers seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But, read it with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus identifies as three source of anxiety. Our bodies, <laughs> we worry about the length of our lives and about our health. Our food, and we've eaten a lot of food lately. We worry about overeating, drinking. We worry about our diets, fats, carbohydrates, our clothes, we clothes. We worry whether we're in fashion or out of fashion. In fact, one translation says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. If you're a believer, these things should not dominate your life. But there is one thing that should dominate your life, and that is walking with Jesus. The one thing. Your joy and satisfaction should come from God first. Kingdom things are different. We have a father who cares for us, who wants to meet our needs, not our greeds, but wants to meet our needs, and he has. So when Jesus gave his life on the cross, when God prioritized salvation as the main thing, it wasn't for us to make Jesus as a th side thought or a side gig. Jesus is not there to be a side gig in your life. Jesus is there to be the focus of your life. And so how do you put God first in your life? Life places all kinds of possibilities, decisions, and we must decide what our priorities are going to be. How do believers place Matthew 6, at the center of our lives, but seek first the kingdom, first, first in your heart and practice. I love the challenge of a new year. I love a new year. I, don't wanna, I wanna improve my life. I wanna see the patterns that were ingrained in my life, either the good ones stick, the bad ones I need to improve. Or not improve, <laughs> get rid of. Uh, so how do you put God first in your life? Here we go. Now, you ready? Number one, put God first in your day. Put God first in your day. Each day I get up in the morning, and I spend time with the Lord reading the Bible because I want the wisdom of the ages found in this book. And I get to take it in and learn from God. In fact, Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Oh, Lord, make it hurt good. 
See, when I'm reading the word, uh, you know those bumps in the road, they're called rumble strips, you get to get over the side. There's times you're reading the Bible and your life is a little bit going this way. Right back to center. That's what God's word can do. But on a consistent basis to read the Bible. Um, it's like the American Express card in the morning. Don't leave home without him. Start your day. Put God first. Spend time reading the Bible, praying, giving God your day. The history, history is filled with men and women who have put first things first and went Godward in the morning. Good morning, Lord, not good Lord, it's morning. Spend time with the Lord. Now, Jesus did this in Matthew 135. Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus went to a desolate place and there he prayed. Spending time with the Lord. Jesus did it. He went to his heavenly father, shouldn't we? And so each day I spend time with the Lord. I start my day, I want him to be first. Not to check off a box, but to have a life-giving relationship with the Lord. A Bible reading plan has helped me. And I wanna share with you something real practical today, a Bible reading plan. I hope that all of you have a Bible reading plan. A lot of people say, well, what do I read? We'll get involved in a Bible reading plan. There's an there's a, a app called YouVersion. Many of you use it. And the YouVersion gives you, can, you, you type in a plan and look for the best plan you wanna do, one verse a day, uh, one chapter a day, the blue diamond almonds, just one, one can a day is all we ask. One chapter a day is all we ask. <laughs> maybe read through the Bible in two years. Or maybe take the challenge to read the Bible all the way through in a year. I have read the Bible through the last 10 years plus all the way through every year. It's a pattern that I have in my life, four or five chapters a day. I'm in the book of Job and Psalms right now. And this morning I'm reading Job and I come to Job 25 and all of a sudden that run, rumble strip got me right back, centered on God. He gave me some fresh bread this morning by spending time with the Lord. Now I wanna show you something real practical. I wanna bring up my, my iPhone. This is very personal. Um, There's my iPhone. This is the first page of my iPhone. If you notice on the top left, what's there? The Bible app, the Bible. Now in our Western culture, the Bible, I mean the, the, the top left hand, right hand, left hand of a document is the place of priority. The Bible on my iPhone is prominent in the place of priority. Why? Because God comes first in my day. And that's where I spend each morning spending time with the Lord. And so something real practical, can you just move that, move that uh, app right up to the top left front page? Notice my granddaughter's in the background. Just, um, <laughs> but uh, place the Bible in prominence in your life, both in practice and your heart. So what's the first way to put God first in your what? Day. All right, number two, first in your week. First in your week, I love the church. I love going to church. I love being the church. I think church involvement is so important. Um, attendance, involvement, setting it as a priority every week. A pattern in the Bible is started with the Sabbath for the Israelites. Sunday or Saturday is the Sabbath for them. It's a day to rest and focus on God. Shouldn't we have that 
type of pattern in our lives. Now, in the New Testament, they started meeting on Sundays because that was the day Jesus rose from the dead. The same pattern for a weekly rhythm of meeting with God once a week. Congratulations, you're all putting God first in your week. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that every single week? Now, why do you come to church? Why don't you just stay home in your PJs, especially since after COVID? Man, some people say, I like going to church now. I get to watch, watch the show or watch the service online with my PJs. Well, what about coming to church? Why do we do that? Well, there's three reasons. One is to connect your heart to God's heart in worship. We did that today. Don't you love that, that last song? Coming back to my first love, there's nothing more than you. Man, that was worship. Connect your heart to God's heart in worship. Connect your life to God's word and Bible application. I want you to apply this today. God wants you to apply this today and to connect your life with other people in relationships or friendships. We need each other. We need to connect. When I was 20 years old, uh, I started attending a church and I got involved in the young adults group, which we have a young adult group here that meets on Wednesday nights. And um, I was involved, they asked me to involve in leadership. So one of the pastors took me aside one day, says, Bob, can I meet with you? Yeah. So Dan met with me and he says, Bob, I've noticed something. I've noticed that you're a little inconsistent with going to church. He says, I wanna bring something to your attention. It's not what you can get out of church. It's that we miss you when you're not here. And it was like God himself spoke. and says, wow, you're right. It's not about me. It's about that you, you've, you've missed me and I need, I need you and you need me. And so that point on, that was a, a redirection in my whole life. I ended up getting called to ministry, getting involved, going to school, becoming a pastor. It was a wake-up call. It's important to go to church, but it's also important, important to be the church, both here and outside our church walls. It's important to make that rhythm part of your life. Whether it's Saturday or Sunday, God doesn't, doesn't care. It, it includes being involved in the church, giving, serving, uh, being involved in a life group, a cove group, my cove group and I, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's life-giving for me. It's relationships. So I encourage you to make God first place in your week. And if you're stay, put God first in your week. All right, next, put God first in your finances. It's an expression of priority. Text, back to our text, math to our text, Matthew 6, 33. Christ warns us against stockpiling money and possessions. So God says he's gonna meet our needs. So it's the principle of the first. The principle of the first. All through the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, they were asked to give their firstborn and the first of their agriculture to the Lord. Now, my wife and I do not give our first lambs to the Lord. You know why? We don't have lambs. But we have money from our jobs and our business. So therefore, we want the first to go to the Lord. Now, if you under 40, I want to introduce you all to something that you maybe haven't seen before. This is called a check. Can you say check? Some of you younger people don't know what this is. 
we used to write on here and pay things with this. So when my kids were young um, and growing up in our home, we would take a check on the first of the 15th and we would write our giving to the Lord and we would bring it to the dinner table and we would say, okay, kids, let's, let's, pray, over, let's pray over our tithe, let's pray over our giving and thank the Lord that we get to give to our church. And that was the pattern. Why? Because it was the first, the check, the first check that was written each payday was to the Lord. If you look into our giving or our digital bank account today, you will see on the 1st and the 15th that the first thing that comes out before bills are paid is giving to the Lord because I want him to be first in our finances. First, Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats bursting with wine. In other words, we don't give to get. We give because it's a heart attitude, says God, you own it all. There's an interesting story in the Bible that emphasizes this. It's the story of Jericho. Now, you all know the story of Jericho. March around seven times, walls come down. That's, I don't think that's the main point. I wanna show you what the main point I believe is. As the million plus walked over through Jericho, I mean, through, through the Jordan River, out before them, the Israelites were all these cities, and the first one there to conquer is Jericho. First one. And Joshua 6:17 says, Jericho and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Verse 19 says, All the silver and gold and articles of bronze, iron that are sacred to the Lord, must go into his treasury. In other words, I think the main point of Jericho is that that is the first city conquered and it was the first to give to the Lord. They're not to take anything. And all the rest of the cities are, are gods. I mean, are, are the people, the Israelites. And we're supposed to give to God first. Now, why do we do that? One reason is that he's the owner and I'm the manager and I give back to God what is already his. Oh man, you know, I just remembered, I gotta go to the grocery store after church. Does anyone have a $100 bill I can have? But you do? Wow, thanks, Will. Man, <laughs> boy, thank you. Have not, cause ask not. <laughs> wow. You know why Will gave that so quickly? It wasn't his. Before the service, I said, Will, could you give me $100? Here, here's $100. He gave it to me because it wasn't his. You know, when we give to the Lord, we're giving back to him. It's, it's not ours. And God says, the first, and you get the rest. And I want God to bless the rest. So I wanna give him first. So think about your year ahead and how, how are you doing the area of putting God first in your Finances. All right, first in your day, first in your week, first in your finances. Next, first in your decisions. Now, if you have teenagers in your home, there's a phrase they use. It's called whatever, but it's with an attitude. Sarcastic response to someone's opinion or comment. Whatever. Whatever, dad, whatever, mom. You know, but there's a verse in the Bible, the whatever verse, and it's found in 2 Corinthians 8.5. It says, best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes. 
for their first, it's about decision-making, for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us. You see the difference? So God, whatever. See? And whatever, and whatever. I'm a follower of Jesus. Here's the problem. We get ahead of God. We get behind God. I want to be in step with God. And because I have a relationship with the Lord, I want my relationship with God to be so close that I can listen to the Lord when that still small, small voice goes, go that way, go that way. Do that for someone. Do that for your wife, what, what, whatever it may be, because I want to be in step with the Lord. John 10, 4 says, the sheep follow him and they know his voice. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. Good principle then is to wait 24 hours to make decisions because waiting on the Lord to be clear about those decisions. So if a salesman starts bugging you, I can make a decision today. I'm sorry, I wait 24 hours to make decisions. Now, some decisions are, are major and you need to make sure you're seeking the Lord. God, is this your will? And it may mean waiting. You see, God always answers our prayers. Yes, no, wait, or wow. I like the wows. But usually I learn the most when I'm waiting. And I want to hear direction from the Lord. So every decision I make ought to be filtered through Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. See, when, when, when scripture is clear, you can read the word and say, oh, that's what I'm to do and obey it. But when things aren't clear in scripture, we have the resource of the Lord, of God's spirit to give us wisdom to seek his, his will, to maybe go to someone that you respect, a pastor or a strong Christian person in your life and ask them questions. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? To be teachable and open because God, whatever. See, the problem is we live with the I involved in our lives. What I think, what I feel, what I, what I want. I, 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 I. We need to tell ourselves, hey, get in line. I'm gonna do what God wants, decision-making. In fact, when you, when you say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that is not passive. In fact, when you study that, that in the Hebrew or in the Greek, it is literally putting your foot down. I'm gonna do your will, not mine. Because God, I wanna do your will. And that is putting God first in your decisions. So how you doing? First in your day, first in your week, first in your finances, first in your decisions, and now the hardest one. First in your pain. First in your pain. I, I know you'd all agree with me that life sometimes can really knock us for a loop. There's loss, there are um, challenges in relationships. There are things that we scratch our head with. Why, why God, we'll go through that sermon series coming up. When you go through those times, it has been my experience that that is when I've grown the most. You see, I don't grow the most sitting in a beach in Hawaii. I'd like to, but that's not when I grow the most. I grow the most when things are really tough. And I get a choice to either run to God or run away from God. And my challenge to put in first is when you go through those hard times, those questions, those losses, the, 
that just, oh, it hurts, the pain is to run to God, is to run to God. God speaks in our pain. Um, when you go through pain, there's a, a, a good, good benchmark is to ask God, when you're going through tough times, God, what are you up to? It's not that God caused that, but God, what are you up to? How can you use this in, in my life? There isn't an X-ray to our hearts. That's what trouble comes, that's what trouble's for. Because <laughs> when you go through tough times, what, what's there really comes out. When you go through those tough times or those losses, you say, God, God, speak to me through this, through this pain. Psalm 121, remember this, is, says, God is my present help in times of trouble. He's my present help in times of trouble. We learn the most through pain, run to God. The famous quote by C.S. Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our circumstances, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Some of you would give testimony. You came to the Lord because you went through a really tough time. Some of you can give testimony of, of God strong in your life. Very painful season. Painful season. Painful season. God can use pain. See, no, no pain is wasted. So there's another reason why um, God allows things to go through and what we can learn from it. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. In this fact, our, um, our theme verse for our care ministry is 2 Corinthians 1. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this real closely. The Father of mercies, because he's there for us, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. So that, it's underlined, so, so that, so it, when you go through something in the past, God can use that because he's comforted you so that you can comfort others. To comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. That's a great verse. See, the, the, when you meet someone that has a loss and you had a loss in your life, you meet someone who says, man, I, man, I know what you're going through. Man, I lost my, I lost my, my husband a couple years ago. Or man, I, I know what you're going through. I've lost a child. How painful that is. But because you've gone through it, you can encourage and comfort someone else because you've been comforted by the Lord. Meet someone that's a, an addict or going, wants to get in recovery, you can say, hey, Man, I know what you're going through 10 years ago. I got clean and sober. And I wanna encourage you, I'll walk with you through this because I've been there. Automatic credibility. So whatever you've gone through, God can use to help others. Some of you can give testimony to that. Some of you in 2023, someone will come up to you and say, man, I'm going through this. And you can say, I've been there too. So God can use your pain to help others. No pain is wasted. All right, there's the five. How'd you do? How you doing? You ready for 2023? <laughs> um, I want to close our time with an inventory. In your notes, there's an application 
of day, week, finances, decisions, and pain. I want you to do an inventory this morning, uh, one to five, each one of those. And so take a moment now, uh, just add it up, start, start. Okay, Lord, help me to evaluate this. Day one is God's not even part of your day. It's it, just a, not even a thought, one. Compared to five as you've been very consistent with your time with the Lord or anywhere in between. Uh, and week, same thing, where, where are you at? Finances, where are you at with that? Decisions, do you include God in your decision-making? What, what's the scale there? And of course, your pain. Did you run from God or are you running to God in the midst of some tough circumstances, which we've all been through? So, give you a couple seconds, finish up. So for me, when I took this inventory this week, I gotta be honest with you, I scored a 20. You say, oh, pastors should 25 all the time. Not. <laughs> We're human being. I've gone through a couple of things the last few months that kind of got me off track a little bit. Not necessarily so, it was a 20. And just this great time to say, okay, God, you know, coming back to first love, coming back to you. And so how'd you do? Again, we're not looking back to 2022. We're gonna look forward, aren't we? So I'd like you to do, I'd like you to stand with me. And uh, we're gonna close our time and I'm gonna ask you to do something and we're gonna dedicate ourselves to 2023. And uh, I think posture is really important. So when I pray in the morning, I get on my knees. I'm not gonna ask you to get on your knees. <laughs> but what I'm gonna ask you to do in a posture of your heart representing an openness to whatever, is just put your hands in front of you and just open up your, your hands. Just with your eyes closed, just you and Jesus, just with your hands open in a posture of openness and say, God, whatever, in 2023. Maybe this morning as you have your hands open, you've, you're not a Christian and what better thing you can say for the rest of your life, that I became a believer, a follower in Jesus, of Jesus in January 1st, 2023. Man, that'd be great to become a follower of Christ, walking with him. And maybe, maybe that song, Coming Back to First Love, is, is a real heart call for you because you haven't been walking with the Lord real, real strong, and you're a believer, you're a Christian. So with open hands, say, Lord, I'm back. I dedicate myself to 2023. For the rest of us, it's a great time to say, Lord, I give you my life, I give you my family, I give you my stuff. God, I want to put you first. I want my joy and my satisfaction to be found in you, living a God first life. And so Lord, thank you for our day today. Thank you that we're here in your presence. I really feel the Lord moving, just solidifying some important things in your lives. So God, we love you. We honor you. And in the wonderful, the powerful, the matchless name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful year.
and I will see you. So walk with the Lord, put him first. God bless you.